Lantern's Aura presents Aslintha, episode 14, Tick. It will help the story make more sense, give the audience more context for your actions. Is knowing that I left home and never want to go back not enough? If that's all you're willing to tell, I've worked with less, but those people were dead and gone, so that was all I had of them. Like I said before, if you don't tell anyone, it'll be lost to time. Some might not understand, and you'll be forever misremembered and misinterpreted. Fine. Lilith, honey, could you go over to Rowan and Turgeon's table? Okay. So, context for the story. Start whenever you're ready. Okay. Well, I was born in a kingdom called Dumer. It's not too far of a journey from here, but it's over a few mountain ranges, so I had never been here before. I haven't been much anywhere, actually. Till I came here, all I really knew was the house I lived in and the grounds around it. When my family traveled, I never went with them. They gave me plenty of excuses, but none of them made sense. I was the oldest. I was the heir of the estate. Shouldn't I meet the other aristocrat families? Shouldn't I get to know the policies of the place I lived? I just didn't understand that all my siblings got to go to places and I had to stay at home, alone. Sure, my siblings were so jealous that I got to stay at home and relax. It was so boring. That huge house, all by myself. I started running away. Or what a kid would classify as running away. I would sneak into the kitchen and steal food. The staff knew what I was doing. There was always a perfect lunch set up and packed hidden away in the only food cupboard I could reach. They knew I wouldn't go far. The forest was too dark. Someone would see me if I went through the village, and in every other direction were mountain ranges. I never made it past them, even when I took a horse from the stables. I was scared, okay? Maybe the world was as dangerous as my parents said, and the only thing I knew about the world was what I was taught in lessons. My siblings wouldn't really talk to me about the trips they took either. I'm not sure if it was because they were told not to, or they didn't really want to talk to me. It wasn't always like that, but when they started visiting other elf families, I guess they started noticing how different I was from them. Of course I didn't notice, 
But you start getting the hint when your parents scroll you all the time. Be more like a meze. Her politeness is the epitome of what is expected of one of elf aristocrat Nate's stature. Be more like Faramon. He's excelling at every one of his lessons. Be more like Civil. His grace is surpassed by no other. And on and on. Go on like that. Apparently my habit of taking fights a little too far, or speaking my mind, or just arguing and questioning, was too much for my parents' delicate sensibilities. When it became clear I was able to do magic, I thought things would get better. I finally had a talent that my parents could approve of. Something fit for an elf of aristocrat stature. I tried to master the healing spells they gave me. A cleric in the family. What a proud moment. I couldn't do it. The spells weren't difficult, per se. I would get all the theory right, but I could never cast them. My parents weren't too disappointed. If not a cleric, then how about a scholar? To my parents' credit, I did enjoy this type of magic a lot more. It was intricate and exciting. The magic was more based on making things, just pushing things past their limits making ice out of hot human air, fire with just the friction of your hands, poison from... You can make poison. It also taught things that aren't strictly magic, just watching people, figuring out if what they say match what their body was doing. This was supposed to be used to help, to infer if someone was having a bad day or just better the conversation for them. It wasn't really what I took from it, Unfortunately, the more advanced the magic became, the more I couldn't reproduce what my teacher showed me. And the more I tried, the more unstable the result would be. I once turned my teacher into a sheep while trying to douse a forest fire. Uh, they got him turned back eventually. They were quite confused about it though. It wasn't supposed to be something I was able to do. Not as in they've never taught me, but it just wasn't the type of magic I was supposed to possess. There's tons of different types of magic. Of course there is, but there are some pretty reliable boxes that they go into. They figured I must possess either cleric-centric or scholar-centric magic, as that is what my dad and mom have, respectively. And while I did have a lot of the magic of a scholar, I couldn't do some things, but could do others. My mom and the other scholars did some research. The conclusion they came to was impossible, but the only option. My brand of magic was sorcerer, which was, well, impossible. Plains elves don't become sorcerers. Sorcerers are untamed magic, non-learning magic, magic that comes from powerful emotion. It was a disgrace, really, because the only way I could have gotten that type of magic was if I had been cursed. Others would have probably said blessed, not here though. It only got worse from there. Subcategories and subcategories. You can always put people in tighter and tighter boxes when it comes to magic. They found out that I was not only a cursed sorcerer, but an unstable magic one. They stopped teaching me after that. I just went right back to normal lessons. That didn't stop me from sneaking into the library and teaching myself, but I couldn't really practice so it was mostly just theory. All this time I was becoming more and more isolated from my family. I got a room in a different wing in the house, I ate meals by myself, 
I longer had lessons with my siblings, and I was to enjoy my free time alone. The staff talked to me still, although I don't think they were supposed to. But what were they going to do? Ignore me? Honestly, I, I think they genuinely wanted to talk to me. I would hate to think they felt bad for me. Hopefully they just wanted to talk and I was willing to listen. <laughs> God, if Rowan ever heard me say that. You learn a lot listening to people. And I was taught how to really listen. All that came in really handy later on, when I ran away for the last time. See, my family couldn't keep the other families away from our state forever. Eventually they would need to come to the house. We needed to play the role of a host. It was only polite. And elves are nothing if not polite. I knew it was happening because everyone in the house seemed to be unusually stressed, especially the staff. They would only have time to say hi to me in passing. The night before the guests came, my parents invited me to have dinner with them. Just us. None of my siblings. They told me that guests were coming over. Wood elves from far over the mountain ranges. I was excited. I was finally going to meet new people for the first time ever. Then my parents said I was to stay out of sight and not to interact with any of them. Of course I argued. We were finally having guests over and I wasn't allowed to see them. Their prior excuses didn't work anymore. I wasn't a little kid anymore. There was nothing to protect me from. I knew enough. The way they looked at each other. My mother looked sad. My father... Well, he looked resolute. My mother looked away from me, not meeting my eyes, as my father looked straight into them. We're telling the guests you're sick, and will not be joining us. We have been telling the other families that you were sickly, and that is why you can't come to visit. I asked why. I'm perfectly healthy. Always have been. It's because you're not fit to be our heir. You are, my mother interrupted him here, and she said, you are not proficient in the necessary skills. Your lessons, spells, and mannerisms are less than ideal. I just left, which of course proved their point. It's not very polite to leave the dinner table during the meal. I decided I was going to prove to them that I could be the perfect heir. When the guests came, I was going to come to dinner in the nicest clothes and let the guests know I was feeling fine, better than ever. I'd be the most curious and kind and polite elf at the table. It was a perfect plan. The guests came around midday. That gave me plenty of time to get ready for dinner. I had the perfect scene in my head. Everyone would be seated, making conversation before the first course. As it's polite, there would be a seat left for me on the right-hand side of my mother, at the head of the table. My parents would explain the absence and then I would make my entrance. I waited for a while at the door, just waiting for my parents to mention why I was absent. But they didn't. So I decided to walk in. It was definitely as dramatic as I wanted. Everyone at the table stopped, some with food halfway to their mouths. I announced my name, as was polite. Then as I was walking to the table, I explained why I was late, which wasn't as polite. But I was getting nervous. No one had moved. My apologies for being late. I'm feeling better and thought it would be rude not to at least meet with our guests at least once. Still no one moved. I didn't mean to interrupt the conversation. No need to stop on my account. I'll just take my seat and we can carry on. I stopped. My seat was taken. The seat that was rightfully mine was taken by my sister. 
the oldest after me. She looked horrified that I was so near, like I had a disease. I looked around, and they all did. Everyone my siblings and all the guests looked at me like I was a dirty cat that had stumbled into their lovely, perfect little meal. Like I was dragging mud and flies on the floor. Only my parents looked at me like I was a person, but the look was disappointment. The wood elf on the other head of the table was the one to finally break the silence. And why is he here? He said. I tried to repeat my explanation, but he wasn't looking at me. My mother and father looked at each other and then at me. He's, um, my mother started to say. I interrupted her by saying my name again. And then when that seemed to register nothing, I said, I'm the eldest child of the Dumare elf clan, heir to this estate, and I belong in that chair. I pointed to the chair my sister sat in. The one on the right-hand side of my mother. The head wood elf looked at me and then... and started to laugh. You? No. You are no elf. You are a half-human. Look at your ears, almost as round as a human, and your stature only taller than your youngest siblings. Your politeness sounds practice. There's no honesty in it. And you make as much noise when you walk and move as a human. No grace in it at all. You don't belong at this table. You should be grateful you're in this house at all. What is the meaning of this? Our conditions were very clear. We would come to visit only if you two agreed to keep that half-human out of sight. That's exactly what he said. I'll never forget the words. <laughs> and he'll probably never forget what I did either. I walked right up to the bastard. My natural walk. My heels echoing loudly up and down the dining area. And punched him right in the face. With all the strength of a... Human. He fell out of his chair onto the floor. If he had expected it, I bet he would have stopped me with magic. And if I had stopped to think about it, I probably would have used magic as well. But I didn't. Probably for the best, honestly. He... He was bleeding. Elves don't often bleed. Everyone was so shocked that I wasn't immediately restrained. I am not a half-human. I was born and raised here, in Dumiere. Those are my parents, and as you can plainly see, they are both full elves. As losing my carefully placed politeness, I was slipping into how I naturally talk. Blunt and crass. Nothing careful about it. You're a half-human, born of your mother and a human before she married your father. Every elf kingdom knows. They keep you out of pity, half-breed. There was a few gas at the term. It was, of course, not very polite. But it seems you didn't know. A shame, really. Better to grow up knowing than believing a lie. It's one of the only things humans do right when raising half-humans. I remember the words, but at the time, they didn't really sink in. I just remember staring at his mouth as he said them. Blood turned his perfect white teeth red. You've been tricked. I kicked him. So he would shut up, and then I ran. Fast and hard. Elves, like humans, are hunters. Both are made to outpace an animal over a long distance in time. But while elves go slow and steady for hours to catch their prey, humans tire an animal by making them sprint in short bursts. That is to say, I was much faster than anyone at that table. I was out the door before anyone thought to move. Politeness fought with emergency. Courtesy fought with urgency and there was no regulation to follow. I don't remember much of what came after that. I remember using the side halls I was forced to use while avoiding my family and guests. 
I remember vaguely that there was a traveling bag already packed and a horse already saddled, and then I took off. I didn't have a direction, and I knew my running away had never worked before, but this time I didn't have a place to return to. I mostly let the horse lead the way. It wasn't until much later that I realized I had taken one of the wood elves' horses. Thinking about it now makes perfect sense. She led me here. She was trying to get home. I was tired when I got here in Eflantha. I sold the horse for a place to stay and some food. Got a great price for it too. Elves raise horses well. I wasn't here long before I heard some guards talking about an archaeologist taking a dangerous job. It sounded really interesting. The more I listened, the more I realized the archaeologist was the least interesting part. So I asked the guards where I could apply. Of course I needed to give them a name. I wasn't about to use my real one, so I had to make one up. I remember the last thing the wood elf said to me. You've been tricked. I thought, perfect. What a funny name to put on official form. Trickster. Has a nice ring to it, I thought. Take for short. And, well, you know the rest. I do. Don't tell the others any of this. I can't well ban them from my shows, nor can I stop them from hearing those repeating the stories. Fine. At least wait till we complete the quest. I'm making my estate so far away from anyone else, it won't even matter. And if you don't complete the quest? What? If you don't complete the quest. Then I'll be dead, won't I? I guess you're right. Is that all you wanted? Yes, that's plenty. However, may I give you some advice? Sure. Don't think of yourself as familyless. It's a very restrictive way of thinking. Well, I'm never going back, so it's true. But it doesn't have to be. You can make a better family, one you choose. I'm not a child, and this is not a fairy tale. No matter how many stories you make of it. Ah, but it would seem like you have already chosen one. Eslantha is a podcast created by Lanterns Over. Today's episode was written and edited by Karma, and produced by Carter Lyon, Karma, Matthew Laycock, and Sean McGarry, and performed by Karma, Antonia, Alkahi, and Sean McGarry. It was directed by Sean McGarry. The Eslantha theme song was written by Andrew Bianchi. To comment on episodes, make donations, view merchandise, and social links, visit lanternsora.com. Visit us on Facebook and Instagram at lanternsora. Contact us, email us at lanternsaura at gmail.com. Episode 15 will be airing Friday, April 8th at 11am Eastern Standard Time. Thanks for listening.